So hello to everybody at home. Uh, our doors are open. There are a few empty seats for both the 8 o'clock and 9.30. And if you look at the website, not only Bedford View, but all the sites are open. So um, we practice all the right protocols. Uh, and so I want to encourage you to kind of join us. Let's pray together. Lord, as we look at Acts, we trust you for insight and inspiration. We pray, Lord, by the power of your spirit, you'd help us understand um, how you are building your church and how uh, we fit into this whole process, the important role of the Holy Spirit, and that, Lord, you're committed to seeing this planet change for the kingdom. We know there are many forces at work. In the physical, Lord, this planet seems to be going down the drain. Lord, emotionally, just so many people are filled with despair. People are filled with, uh, Lord, with, with a sense of doom and destruction, not sure of what the future holds. And we know, Lord, just so many on this planet are dead spiritually. And we stand here as a group of people saying, here we are, Lord, send us. We want to go into those places and pioneer the gospel. We want to go and encourage those who are preaching. We want to make a difference, Father, all the way from our Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. So we pray for ears to hear, Lord, what you're saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've looked at a bit of an intro. We've looked at the first few verses. This morning we're going to focus on the ascension uh, and the events that took place around the ascension. And so if, if I understand this part of Scripture, it speaks directly into, for me, a, a planet or a world or a community that is fast losing hope. Uh, it is phenomenal how this thing of the lack of hope uh, is causing all kinds of diseases of the mind and the heart. And it's taking its toll. Uh, during this time, suicide rates are up. Uh, you know, morality and uh, that sense of encouragement and everything is, is at an all-time low. Uh, and it's important. It's important that we understand that Jesus Christ is coming back again. Man, I hold on to the fact that he's coming back. And I motivate myself because of that to affect as many people as possible for the, for the return of Jesus. I want to see them have the hope I have. And you know what it was like trying to get a bit of happiness through substance or through drinking or trying to get a little bit of hope through perhaps another girlfriend. Speak to the woman at the well. She was on to her fifth or sixth man trying to get hope. In other words, we are not going to find it in the temporal values of this world and the systems of this world. It's not in a bottle. It's not in a packet of pills. It's not in painkillers or, you know, whatever other medication or whatever stuff we can sniff, inject, smoke, uh, pop, whatever. The only way we're going to find hope is in a relationship with Jesus. That's why these guys are going out. That's why this church and we've had criticism about it, is we want to be more and more outward focused. Yeah, we love every person that's part of this local church. You are important, and we're going to do our level best to pass to you. But we want to take our people, we want to take our money, we want to take every gift we have and every blessing God has blessed us with and mobilize it for the sake of the gospel. Because we want the ends of the earth to know they can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's interesting, one of the reports coming back on uh, 
the Christian news media is that during this time of Ramadan, to many Muslims around the world, there's a man in a white robe appearing to them in dreams and introducing them to a relationship with himself, namely Jesus Christ. And I am overwhelmed at God's commitment to the nations of this world. I'm overwhelmed at the way in which heaven is geared towards the nations of the world. And I'm saying, Father, break my heart for the lost. This past week, there are many testimonies of people going out from this local church to pray for people outside hospitals, on the streets, just looking for opportunities to share. And so we will read this passage of Scripture, understanding that the message we have brings hope to a world that is in despair. I don't know about you, have you ever been in that place like a black hole? Come on, raise your hands if you have. You know, you know what it is? It's like yesterday was black, today's black and despairing, and tomorrow's probably going to be the same. And in that place, many people just kind of abandon all kinds of sensibility and take their lives or look, just kind of do whatever, just throw caution to the wind. And so I want to encourage us, if we have the light and we have the joy and the hope, we need to be sharing it. So when, this is verse 6, you'll see it come up. So when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, when will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, and that is our almost important scripture that we kind of celebrate all the time. I don't think there's a sermon that goes by or perhaps a month that goes by without this scripture coming up. And that is now going to form an intro and a pattern to the whole book of Acts. The book of Acts, that's the pattern, Acts 1.8. And when he had said these things, they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Remember, whenever angels appear, it's not, you know, like just to fill you in with a few, you know, details. This is an important announcement. Whenever God wanted people to take note of something, he sent angels. And so, men of Galilee, why do you look, stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. There we have it. Very important to notice that because they now beginning to understand their mission. Uh, some people kind of state that perhaps at this moment and as Acts chapter 2 kind of breaks, it's the birth of the church. People had already been gathered. I believe Acts chapter 2 is the birth of the spirit-empowered church. In other words, the way God wants us to do it is spirit-empowered. Uh, but he's reminding them, it's all because Jesus is coming back. You see, I think in our modern-day logical, rational thinking, this is what they say. Has Jesus come back? No. Are there any signs of being coming back? No. So, obviously, you guys are just a bunch of mythologists. You're you following something that was written down by a few people trying to influence. He's not coming back. But he is. This is the Word of God and the assurance we have in my heart. When I worship, I know 
that I'm doing this because Jesus is coming back. And we're going to see some of the events around there. So for me this morning, three things are important. The first thing, there is a God plan and the Father is in charge. There is a God plan. Even Jesus submits to the Father's authority. And so therefore it's important for us. There is a God plan for this world and for each of our lives. And if Christ himself submits to God's God plan, we should be submitting to God for his plan for our lives. What is God's plan for my life? If you're not born again, you need to be born again. If you're not baptized in water, you need to be baptized in water. If you're not filled with the Spirit, God wants you to be filled with the Spirit. If you don't understand your purpose in life, God wants you to understand that. He takes great delight in releasing us into those things that he has made us for specifically. And so the second thing is the absolute of import, importance of being filled with the Spirit for the godly imperative of being witnesses from where we are all the way to the ends of the earth. So as God looks at us, he wants us to understand the Father's in charge. He's the authority. Second thing we need to be filled with His Spirit because we've got a job on our hands. This gospel has got to go from where we are to the ends of the earth. Third thing, the hope in the sure return of Jesus Christ and the joy that, will bring for, that it will bring for Christ followers is beyond our understanding. There's a joy that should drive us and motivate us because Jesus is coming back. Notice in this one passage, we have the Trinity. The Father, who's got the God plan. We have the Spirit's power, and we have Jesus coming back. And so we need to understand Scripture is all about a revelation of God. And this morning, hang on to the fact that this world hasn't spun out of control. You know, it's like, you know, listen to the global warming people. We haven't got long to go. I think one of their predictions was 2020. They said that would, that would be it. We'd all be drowning, you know, the guys on the coastal plains, etc. They're all wrong. Um, so the, the Father has got it all under control. He's, he is the one that knows the times and the seasons. In one of the verses we read over there, in other words, there are specific times. God knows the exact date of the return of Jesus. There's specific times and then the seasons. He knows the seasons this world's going to go through. At the moment, it's going through a season where hope has been taken away. It's disheartening. When you hear of some of the things now they're saying about our country and COVID is there are a few variants that are starting to pop their heads. And in India, because of their outbreaks, there's more variants. Well, God's still got a plan. Above all of that, and including that, there's still a plan. And the plan is that we need to be filled with the Spirit <laughs> and we need to walk in this power, we need to live in this power for the sake of witnessing to this planet. And God will take us through many, many seasons until we get to that place of doing exactly what he's called us to. And then, of course, this third thing is the return of Jesus. So in verses 6 and 7, it's interesting, this divine timeline that God is in charge of, not even Christ knows his return. It's, for me, that I find the Godhead is one. They're in perfect unity. But there's an authority, a team leadership. The Father takes control and he knows exactly when. And of course, what is the, the Son doing at this time? He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for this planet. Every person trusting 
that by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the witness of the saints, we will impact people's lives. And where there was no worship, there will be worship. Where there was no hope, there will be hope. Where nations were devoted to just kind of going in their own direction and living by their own strength, they would start to live according to the systems that we find in the scriptures. It's interesting, in Matthew 24, 36, it says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should receive, or should reach repentance. So the Father's plan is he's holding off the coming of Jesus so that people might be saved. But at the same time, Scripture tells us he's speeding it up for the sake of the suffering that's going on. You can see that that is an absolute dilemma because most of us here would just say, come Lord Jesus, come. <laughs> let's just stop all of this nonsense. Let's just get it all done and let's enjoy the benefit of the kingdom. But there are people that need to be re reached and that's why it's important. We have the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus focused the disciples, not on this earthly kingdom. Many have said, one of the commentators, that the disciples were hoping for an earthly kingdom because they would sit on the 12 thrones judging. And so they were thinking, okay, so he's going to announce it. And the Romans would all just drop dead. And, you know, all the idolatry would stop. Israel would be restored to its power. Jesus would be the king and they would sit on the 12 thrones judging. It's amazing how selfish ambition comes into everything. But Jesus is saying, the only way we're going to see the fulfillment of this kingdom is to go out there and make a difference with this gospel. Um, let's go to verse 8. Um, verse 8 has got two imperatives. I've said it from the front a number of times. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. So in the heart of God, as he kind of looks at every single believer, Christ follower in the church. He has a desire that you are filled with his spirit and he has a desire that you are witnesses. Very important. God's desire, God's desire for us that we're filled with this power, with the ability and that through that we'd see the gospel going out in ever increasing circles. Have you noticed the more you love God, the more you love people, the more you love the nations, the more you're kind of interested in seeing the gospel go out to the far reaches of the world. That's how God has made it. Uh, one of the commentators in the Expositor's Bible Commentary says, um, I don't know how to pronounce Latin, so just bear with me. There's a phrase in Latin that says, S-I-N-E. Anybody out there know how to pronounce that? Not sign, sine. Okay, qua, non. In other words... For the sake of the mission of what we have been called to, the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential. Essential. There is no way we can do what God's called us to do, not only survive as believers and celebrate Christ, but to take his gospel out, we need his power and his anointing. And so don't reduce the Holy Spirit to an argument. He is a person he has been given by promise and he's there for a reason. We cannot do it without him. And then in verses 9 to 11, Luke talks about the ascension of Christ. And I, I want to just kind of go through a, 
a little picture of what will happen uh, in the end as we see it in the scriptures. You know, Luke say, says, and he's one of the few that give us an account of Christ's ascension. As you see him go, he's going to come. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16. And Paul picks up on this as he teaches. He says in verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Remember, as he ascended, he's going to come back, right? With a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. Exact opposite of when he arrived. There was a star in the sky. It was very quiet. It was kind of in a manger. A few shepherds knew about it. A few wise men got a hint. Uh, the animals just sat around wondering what the heck's going on. And Jesus was born under the radar. Not with any great fanfare, but the exact opposite. There was the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world, but the lion of the tribe of Judah is coming back with a roar. That's what's going to happen. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That is weird. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So that's what we're doing this morning. Let's encourage one another. So this is what's going to happen. According to the scripture in Acts, it says, as sure as he ascended, he's going to descend. He's coming back. That you can build your lives on, your faith. And then there'll be three declarations. Notice in 1 Thessalonians, there are three announcements of Jesus' return. The first is a cry of command. The whole world is going to hear it. It's going to, for me, if, if I kind of meditate on that, it's like the Father saying, now. That's it. History has stopped and the return of Christ comes. And the, and the Lord saying, it's time. And as we read from Revelation, he's not coming in a manger, you know, or on some, you know, donkey. He comes on a white horse <coughs> with his name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, tattooed on his side. Tattoos seem cool. Anyway, with an army, then the voice of an archangel. Wow. This is some announcement. It's not just the Father saying now and Christ come. An archangel is announcing. Angelic hosts prepare. This is the greatest moment in history about to take place. And then the sound of a trumpet. Just finished reading about the silver trumpets in the Old Testament. They sounded them to make camp. They sounded them to break camp. And then they made the biggest sound out of both of them when they announced that it's time for war. That's going to be a declaration. Because all of evil will be dealt with at that moment. And we will receive the rewards that are ours. Can you see how dramatic this is? This needs to fill our hearts with comfort. And then he'll come from heaven in the clouds. Then resurrections will take place. And the great white throne judgment. The dead in Christ will arise first. The Christ followers who've died will rise isn't that awesome? And then those that are on the planet serving him will join them. And this great throng will come down. Wow. And then all at the white throne judgment, there will be a resurrection of those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. It talks about the sea giving them up. In other words, whoever's died and is not in Christ will also be raised up. And then 
the Lamb's book of life is opened. And everyone who's found in there will receive rewards. Everyone who's not found in there will go into eternal destruction. Now that is sad. We need to know that because it motivates us. And hell and the devil and everything that is evil will be thrown in there. And then it says, so we will be with the Lord always. The great white throne judgment will give us these rewards. There'll be a wedding feast. A wedding feast. Awesome. Remember some of the movies you see about weddings? Always at that odd table is where they put the Christians or you know, the strange people or the family they're not too sure about. The wedding feast is one table. We're all at the main table, eating, enjoying, celebrating. He says that's when he's going to lift that glass again or that whatever it is and celebrate with us because now we're going to be with him forever. And then it says, no eye has seen, nor has it entered the mind of man what God has prepared for them. Wow. Take a deep breath. And realize that from that moment onwards, the disciples turned and went and obeyed what Christ had called them to do. And that's to wait for this empowering. And folk, I want to encourage us. The only way we can deal with hope or with a lack of hope is with our relationship with Christ. To every single one of us at home, the only way, there's no upper, there is no two shots of whiskey. Eventually it's two bottles of whiskey. There's no kind of system on this world that can deal with it except a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then motivated by that is this desire to tell others so they too can have that hope. Let's bow our heads and pray. I think it would be important at this point for every one of us, you guys sitting at home, us over here now, it would be the greatest kind of tragedy if we didn't give you an opportunity to ask Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior if you've never done that. So if you've never done that, this is where hope begins. Would you raise your hand just to kind of show me you're going to pray with me? I'd love to pray that prayer with you. Anybody out there? Very important. Valkyrie. I'm going to pray it for the sake of anybody back home who's watching this video broadcast. Father, thank you for the free gift of Jesus Christ who bore our sin on the cross, who suffered and died, who then was buried but was raised by the Spirit on the third day. Thank you. I put my faith in him. Forgive me of my sin. In my heart, I believe it and I know it and I confess with my mouth that I'm a child of God, born again by the Spirit. Thank you for this free gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have because of you. And I pray that each of us would be aware that we have an anointing, we have a relationship with the Spirit available, we can trust you for infilling, for power, we can trust you for supernatural ability to have the words to say and the actions and the wisdom so that we can pray with others and we can bring them into a relationship with you, we can show them that the one we fear is not the one who can destroy bodies, but who can destroy souls. That's what the scriptures say. And so we put our faith in you, Lord, and we ask you for opportunities to share your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.